Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Hi and welcome to another episode where I get to speak to amazing guests and today's guest is different but I've been drawn to her after watching her on, uh, on LinkedIn and Facebook for some months now. Uh, and we don't know each other. I have never met her, but I feel like I know her so well. And I'm really drawn to her. So I want to welcome to the podcast, uh, Tazim Palmer. Tazim is a foster parent and she's been fostering children now, young people now for a few years. Uh, but uh, you are also a community advocate uh, for fostering. You're an ambassador for that and a recruitment ambassador for foster care. So you, your whole life seems to be revolving around fostering. Firstly, Tazim, thanks very much and welcome to the show. Good to have you here. No, thank you, um, Cole. You know what, it's I, it's an honour and an absolute pleasure that you asked me. So yeah, thank you so much. Fostering is one of the most incredible things that a human being can do for any other human being. It really is. I have a window cleaner, um, uh, Tazim, and he's a beautiful human being. And uh, I, I got chatting to him uh, just a couple of months ago, and he was telling me how he was a foster care and has been for like 10 years. And the stories that he was telling and how he runs his business around this foster care, I just thought, what an amazing human being you are. And, you know, the same thoughts come to my mind when I when I think about you and I see you on LinkedIn. You seem to have so much energy for what you do. I want to ask you, explain for those people who don't really truly understand fostering, what is fostering? What What's it all about? Okay, fostering is... Um something that you have within your heart so you can't it's not everybody that can do fostering so you have to want to make a difference um in children's lives whether they're your own or someone else's you have to be able to treat them just like your own so that's what fostering is and it's about children that have been gone that have gone into care or um, asylum seekers that have come over, uh, young ones. So you take them into your home and you treat them as part of your family. Give them that love and attention that they need, just like you would your own children and your grandchildren. And the reason I say grandchildren is because I have grandchildren myself. You're balancing looking after these young people and they can be of all sorts of varying ages. And you say, you know, they can be as young as your grandchildren or as old as some of your younger children may be and you have to look after your own grandchildren and young children so how do you blend the two together for me um when i actually started um fostering i realized that you know i want to kind of give a foundation to children because i understood it with my own children the foundation that was given to them so 
I I couldn't really compromise my grandchildren because they are very very attached to me. So if one comes running, they all come running, and it's like <laughs> you know I want to sit on your lap. So there's like this you know you I had to understand that there's there's you know an age that I had to go for. So that was my preference. So the reason. I chose the age that I'm I'm fostering at is because I realized that I could give them the life skills that they need to lay the foundations and go out there and challenge that big wide world that we all go into. Okay, I mean there's so much I need to ask you around this. Uh, I'm I'm genuinely so drawn to you right now because there's just such a spirit coming from you. Um what's the age range that you you chose to go for in the end Tazim? So I've gone for teenagers. Um, so yeah, so the age is eleven to eighteen. Okay. So the children that I have in my care at the moment, they are fifteen and sixteen. So it is challenging. Um, the fifteen-year-old, um, he does challenge me a lot. With me, I'm I'm the type of person that will explain the consequences of what he's done and. I try, you know, very hard to help him understand why he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. And then he does understand it. So this is the foundation is what I'm talking about, is that when you communicate with children, they understand it. But if you just say no and then don't give them a reason behind it, they don't understand why have they just all of a sudden said no and not given me a reason behind it. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I had a phone call from the college to say, it's not good news, but your foster son is being sent home. And I asked the question, I says, why is he being sent home? And they said, because he's he threw water all over the doors. So we've we've now, you know, the head's spoken to him and has said that he has to go home. So when he came home, I asked him the question, I says, you know, why have they sent you home? And his reply to me was just. And I said, it's not just, you know, you have to explain to me why you did what you did, because I know what you did. And um, he wasn't giving me any eye contact. So I said to him, look, come and sit down in the kitchen and let's talk about this. And he still wasn't giving me any eye contact. So I said to him, look, you need to understand that I'm here to help you. I need to understand why you threw water in in the canteen, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. that is not allowed. It's not acceptable because you throwing that water is consequences of somebody falling. You know, someone could have got hurt. This is, you know, you need to understand all of this. So he's then looking up at me thinking, I didn't realize any of that. So I also said to him, the, you know, so tell me why you spilt the water. And he goes, because somebody else did it. So I said, that behavior is of my granddaughter. You know that. She's only three. She would do something like that. And she will copy. You're 15. You can't be copying 
You know, you can't be doing throwing water just because somebody else has thrown water because there's consequences behind that. Within this conversation, I, I'm picking up there's a, you know, a lot of people will be listening into the show and they'll be thinking, well, why are we talking about foster care when actually the issue is about leadership? That's what the theme of the program is. But actually, there's so many leadership lessons, and I knew there would be, in the, this conversation that you're having with your 15-year-old foster son. And it is about consequential thinking, what I call consequential thinking. Do you really think through the actions or the, the outcomes of the actions that you're about to take or contemplating? Um, it is about taking responsibility. It is about effective communication and getting communication right. And from a leadership perspective, from your perspective, it's trying to pick up on the nuances of what might be going on and trying to read the room a, a lot more, which is something that I talk about when I talk about emotional intelligence and social awareness. So, you know, the leadership lessons are really coming through. You know, when you first got into foster care, I'm guessing that it was a big shock to you. But then over the years, you've started learning things. What would you say your your biggest lessons are that you've learned? I think the biggest um, lesson is that, you know, I've always had patience and it's it's always going to be, I have to continue with that patience, you know, because if you haven't got the patience, you haven't got the understanding of why you are fostering, then, you know, I, I always say don't do it because you have to understand that just like you would treat your own child is the same way you have to treat these children because they've cho- they haven't chosen to go into care. They've been taken into care so you have to understand there's trauma behind all of this as well so you can't be screaming and shouting at them you have to be a lot calmer with them than you probably are with your own children you know because they need to understand and there's a lot more communication with them than there would be with your own children because your children have grown up with you they know you as a parent these children that have come into my care, they don't know me as a parent, but they're learning that through, you know, the skills that I'm helping them to understand through everything from, you know, cooking, cleaning, recycling, everything that they are learning, turning this, you know, switch off, all that kind of stuff. To them, it's all new because it hasn't been taught and you have to teach them. We're the first teachers. So that's what it's about. So it is being that leader for them, you know, because they do look look on you as their role model. And it's not just me. Yeah. My son is a backup carer. So the boys, because he's the backup carer and he's 31, they really look up to him and they really respect him because they see him as an older brother. So if I I say anything for them, it's like, you know, yeah, he's. They will look up to him and respect him just as much. How did you get your son to be become this backup carer? Is this something that he offered to do, or is this something that you've encouraged him to do? This was something that I I encouraged him to do because he lives uh, with me at home, and for me, having a backup carer is that the reason we have backup carers is that if ever you want to go away or if you know you're away for the day. They're there to support you in that so they can be that person that's at home to look after the children. Um, if you're a, if you're a married couple, then you, you are both, you know, carers. And then 
through that, you can also have backup carers. So your children, if they're old enough, they can be backup carers. So the more backup carers you have, the better it is for you. Um, it's better for the children as well, that they understand the you know, responsibility as well through the backup carers and through the carers. And, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, the children learning responsibility. And you've just told us about the incredible responsibility that you have for somebody else's life. Somebody who's probably been through traumatic experiences in their life. And now you're, you're trying to mold them into being really healthy leaders going forward. Uh, so... This amount of responsibility is suddenly thrust onto a 31-year-old's shoulders. Um, he's been exposed to some real learning as a leader. How has he changed, do you think, from the time that he's been this backup carer? How has it changed your son? And, uh, you know, how does he think differently or behave differently now, do you think? He's got a lot of patience in him, a lot of patience. Um, so he's... And he's a lot calmer. I, I found that he's a lot calmer now. Um, and it's brilliant, you know, because he understands that um, being calm and being collective around these boys, it really, um, you know, shows the character of who he is, which then reflects on them. So it's, you know, and they do really, they have a really amazing relationship, you know, like the boys really look up to him every time they see him, they'll hug him, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they really do look up to him. So I think it's changed my son. And it always makes him smile, you know. I mean, the boys are really good. I'm not, you know, they're amazing boys, you know, and I see them as my own. And even my son has said that, you know, I know how much you love those boys. And I, and I do. And how long How long are the boys with you? They came to me, um, one came to me this year, February, and the second one came to me um, first week of July this year. But previous to that, I've had other um, foster children as well. So these are long-term children that I'll have um, up until they're 18. But if they want to further their education, um, they can stay with me up until they're 23. But they're already saying, I don't want to go. And and I suppose there's a part of you that doesn't want to let them go either. Yeah, yeah. And this was the thing that when I first um, decided to go into foster care, my oldest son was like, you're not going to be able to do this. You know, you're too, you kind of, you know, you fall in love with the first person that you see. You're, you're too loving. And I said, well, you're my children. You're, no one closer than you guys. And I've had to let you go. You're all married and living your lives. I've had to let you lot go. So I'll deal with the consequences when that happens. But if I can make that difference now, I'm going to do it. We were talking earlier on before we pressed record, essentially. And um, we were talking about, you know, the driving principles. We all have these driving principles, these driving values uh, that keep us energised and you know, and the reason why I always feel so energized about the work that I do is because of a four letter word. And we were talking about this. It's a, it's a, it's an Asian word, seva, which means selfless service. And, and it's, it's like a core value for me. It's something that drives me. It's what wakes me up in the morning. Everything that I do from the leadership consultancy to delivering programs to even some of the TV work that I do, it's all about uh, this this principle of service and it feels to me that that is what drives you as well isn't it it is absolutely you know for me um 
I believe that I, I'm very, you know, close to my creator, very close to him. And mm. I talk to him a lot. And I learned that, you know, you're always going to have your highs and lows and you have to go with your gut instinct. And I've learned that these past seven years that I go with my gut instinct, whether it's going to, people are going to approve of it or not. I still do it because I know I, we all go through that moment where we think, oh no, I don't want that. I'd rather go with the second. And then when you go with the second, you realize, oh my God, I should have gone with the first because that's what it is. And that's what it is for me that I do what I do because I make a difference in people's lives. And that's what it's about. I I wake up every morning asking my creator that everything I do is for your sake first, and then just open the doors every single day to what I'm supposed to do. My gut instincts will tell me, you know, and that's what it is. That's what drives me. So it's always going to be about people. I'm very much a people's person. Um, so, yeah, it's always going to be about making that difference in that person's life. If they come to me and say, I need your support, I need your help, I'm there. And and yet everything that you're doing is also about leadership, you know. Uh, and, you know, I always say that leadership is an act of service. It's always about other people as opposed to yourself. Uh, and you're saying the same thing in a wholly different language, you know, and you're exemplifying that in your life, you know, you're making your life about other people, which, you know, I have to really um, take my hat off to. I think it's amazing. So given that, you know, we accept that what you're doing is all about leadership, you're actually teaching these young people to be leaders. You're teaching your son to be a leader by him becoming a, you know, a, a, a backup carer and you can see the change in him. What would you say, you know, with all the stuff that you've done, Tazim, what would you say are like the biggest leadership lessons that you've realised in life are so important? I think everything that you go through in life, um, your life experience, that is what is important. Take it on board, learn from that. I 100% agree. Yeah. It's, the, it's the knowledge, the wisdom that you get from, you know, the highs and lows. So I would say it, it has to be that, you know, I can't, I would say, you know, I have my own PhD in my life experience and, you know, a lot of people don't really know my life experience, but it's got me to where I am today and I'm so grateful for it. Um, you know, there's been a lot of highs and lows through it, but it, it's not stopped me from being and doing what I want to do. I, I, I push those boundaries. I continue to push those boundaries and I will continue to push as far as I can go, as long as I'm making a difference in people's lives. Before fostering, uh, you must have been doing something else. What were you doing before fostering? I was nursing. So still doing seva, still doing service for other people. How long are you a nurse? Um, I actually went into nursing in 2014. So Previously to that, running um, businesses, yeah, in Europe and events and, yeah, conferences. You've had such a varied life and it's always been centred around people, which, uh, you know, so I, I look to what you're doing now, thinking, oh, you're running around Europe doing all of these events and running businesses, and now you're here still dedicating your life to people, but now nurturing the future leaders, as I see them, of of the world. Uh, what an incredible journey that must have been for you. Yeah, you know, 
I used to get everybody used to say, oh, I love the job that you've got. I'd love to be traveling to Europe and, you know, Asia and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when you're living out of a suitcase and you're kind of not settled, you know, like we, it was mm. like a jet sh- jet set in life, you know, you, you're traveling. That that was the business. Um, but my heart was always back here because my children were here. My family was here. It was my heart was unsettling because I knew that that's what it was. At that moment in time, I didn't really, really understand what it was. But I realized that it's always going to be about family first and foremost, you know, and that's what it was always about. I couldn't be away from my children. Um, and that's why my, you know, my son understands that as well, that how can you do what you're doing because you get too attached to children. Um, but I've learned that, you know what, I can learn to let go as well. Um, I've made that difference and that's what's important to me, that I've made that difference in those children's lives. I made that difference in my patients' lives. And isn't that what life is all about? Yeah, you know, it, it for me, life is about, as you travel through this journey that we call life, it is about the, the people and the lives that you touch and, and hopefully leaving those people that bit better off, even if it's only by like one, one millimeter, you leave them better off than when you found them. And in order for you to do that, it, first and foremost, I think you have to understand uh, that whenever you are influencing people or influencing outcomes, you're, you're, you're behaving as a leader. So if you are going to be that leader, why not be the very best leader that you can be? So, and on that point, what would be, you know, if there's somebody listening to this, uh, this program right now and is maybe new on the leadership journey or is thinking about becoming a leader, what, what is like the pearls of wisdom that you would like to give to them? What's the best advice that you could give to them? I would say, you know, go with that instinct because push, come out of your comfort zone. You know, you have to come out of your comfort zone to push those barriers and don't let anyone stop you because look at me, you know, I've pushed those boundaries to get to where I am. And it's yeah. it's something that changes your life completely. You, you know, it drives you, it will drive you to places you don't even know you can get to. Uh, so, yeah, mm. I would say definitely, definitely, definitely go with, if you're thinking about it, don't think about it, do it. What are the next steps for Tazim? You know, you you sound like a person that's never going to stop, always pushing forward. Uh, what what is it what's the future for you my my fostering is my you know my first um port of call in everything that i do it's always going to be around children everything is about around children it has been from the age of 8 you know from when i was 8 i was just always attached to babies um and i did that throughout my my life my my you know when i left school my first job was I became a nanny, private nanny. So I was a nanny. Then I got married and then I had my own children. So it was that. So now it's still that that same drive. Um, I learned about sustainability and I realized I had no knowledge on it. And when I did the course, for me, it was like, I need to make a difference for my grandchildren and for the future generation. So 
I'm now um, launching my next business um, in October on sustainability, educating businesses on understanding that they need to now start making difference um, in their business about becoming sustainable. And, you know, we will give you the resources. We will give you uh, help you to understand how you can do that, even try and get you funding for your business um, to become more sustainable, um, signpost you, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've got educators. I'm still learning about sustainability, but I believe that this is the way forward now because if we don't make a difference um, for our future generation. They're the ones that are going to suffer. So we need to start making that difference. And, you know, every, everyone I speak to, they're like, I need to learn about that. I need to learn about sustainability. I don't understand it. And this is why, you know, I want to educate businesses um, through educators will be coming, you know, to, they'll be like keynote speakers talking about how to become sustainable i didn't understand it so if i don't understand it i i think to myself if i don't understand it then others aren't going to understand it the way that i think the way that i feel i always think that that person is probably feeling exactly what i'm feeling so i've learned that i've learned that i'm not the only one there's loads of people out there think like me uh you know feel like me so want to make a difference like me so it's what we all need to understand and remember is that you're not the only one. Everyone else is feeling the same. So go with it. Go for what you and, and And I think it's such a topical area, isn't it, sustainability? We, And I don't know why we're still debating things like climate change. I just don't get it because, you know, we seem to have plenty of evidence in terms of how the weather is changing and everything else around us. Uh, so, you know, Talking about it is one thing. Doing it is a wholly different, particularly if you're like a small business. What what are the key things that you've learned around sustainability, sustainability that you would want to teach small businesses? What kind of things should they be thinking about right now? Okay, so when it comes to small businesses, I think you need to understand, like, you know, have you your gas and electricity? What are you using? If it's a catering business, um, you know, what... Um, recyclable uh, products are you using um how are you traveling to work your carbon emissions your you know what are you using that's eco-friendly all that kind of stuff so it's understanding the you know the produce that you use are they local are they you know not imported things like that so these are the differences that you can make in your business um it's understanding that you know be big on recycling so understand a lot of people aren't you know even birmingham city council gave us recycling bins so when you're recycling and you've got containers you have to understand that wash those containers you can't just have those containers empty and throw them into recycling because that's not recycling you have to wash your containers your yogurt containers your jars everything before you put it into recycling so it's understanding all of this. There's a lot to think about, isn't there? And under this, what seems to be a very simplistic title. And and again, this is a, around 
have it, developing strategies as leaders in your business, in your organization uh, and in yourselves as to how you're going to deal with a, an issue going forward. And um, I'm, 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 I think it's a really good thing that you're going to be helping people and organizations craft those strategies, which are very, very important strategies. I just want to ask you for one final sort of piece of wisdom uh, for anybody who is on the leadership journey. What for you makes an outstanding leader? Being yourself, you know, learn who you are and just be yourself. Don't be someone you're not. When you feel that you're yourself, you can actually, you know, people are connected to you. Like you said for me that I'm that same person outside that I am in the house. I'm not any different. So when you understand who you are, then you can actually, people are drawn to you because they know that, you know, there's no different person. You know, they're not putting it on. It's them. Do you know what? This is such an important uh, issue that you just raised there. So like, you know, words like authenticity, they've become like buzzwords that everyone seems to be using. And I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday or the day before, and she was describing two leaders in her organization. And she was talking about one leader in, in her organization who's, who's uh, you know, quite senior, has a, had quite a privileged background and privileged education, and how he's always using the word authenticity. But when he uses the word authenticity, he's telling other people, you've got to be authentic and describing to other people what authenticity means. Whereas the other person is a very mature, senior leader as well, who has traveled the world, been everywhere, worked in all sorts of organizations at very strategic levels. And when he talks about authenticity, he talks about, uh, you know, how working long hours broke down his first marriage, how he's dedicated to his uh, wife and children now that he has, how he has young children as well as, as well as old children, and how they are the number one priority, although he's always committed to working harder. And I just thought to myself, well, who would you, who would you come, you know, be drawn to more? Is it number one or number two? And for me, that is number two. And he doesn't even use the word authentic. So, you know, you talk about being yourself and, and being the same person at home as you are at work. Uh, I think that, that is an art in itself. And so many people try to be authentic, but you can over try something and then come out very inauthentic as a result. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's that saying where they say you can all talk the talk, but very rarely you can walk the walk. Yeah. So no. it's walking the walk because that is what actually shows others what you, who you are. You know, it's not about talking it. It's about presenting it. So that's what it is. Yeah. So just be yourself. My mum used to have a Punjabi phrase, which... Uh, which is similar to, to yours and it, it still holds true for me today. And the translation is basically this. She used to say, to say something is simple, to do something is hard. Absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just, that, that stays with me today. Yeah. You know, it's very easy talking about something, but actually practicing it, 
that's where the real test is. Tazim, I want to say thank you for joining me today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Long may you continue to change the lives of young people. I know that you and I will end up having conversations when we start launching our youth leadership program. Uh, I look forward to a great conversation further on, maybe down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care. Have a great day.